Real church matters. Hello, hello. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Minister Sylvia Hall. And this is Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because Real Church Real Matters. Real Church Matters. How are you, Mom? I'm doing great. Doing good? I'm so grateful to have you here with me. Um, before we get started, housekeeping. So it's realchurchmatters.com. I uh, appreciate you guys that listen as we move uh to further further along this we're going on to almost five years it doesn't seem like that but wow so i appreciate you guys just continue to share it understand that um the podcast isn't for everybody it's just for somebody so if you're one of those somebodies you may actually know some other somebodies so I think everybody that listens knows the type of person that will be interested in this podcast. And sometimes you'll hear people talking and they're confused about stuff or they're just having a bad way to go about life. Direct them to an episode that you feel would be helpful to them. I feel like that is what the podcast is for. I'm not so much concerned about the listeners as much as I am concerned about people being helped by what they hear. So I do my part. Make sure that this is premium, godly content. And you do your part by just listening and sharing it with others who you think might enjoy it. So I appreciate that. Appreciate each and every person that has come on. And uh, yeah, other than that, housekeeping gets shorter and shorter. I appreciate uh, every host that has come on with me and uh, obedience over audience. That's the goal. That was rather short. (laughs) But um, I wanted to have you on, Mom, because I'm perplexed. I'm perplexed. You're perplexed? Yeah. What you trying to figure out? You can only be plucked. Perplexed. Are you trying to figure something out? I am trying to figure something out. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm trying to figure it out because I kind of have. I've figured out something for me, how I navigate life. But as I see people are struggling to navigate life, when I share with them what I feel helped me. They present to me other things that I want to I want to help them have clarity on. So sometimes I was talking to somebody and I said, I said, I'm glad I had somebody in my life that that really just talked to me from the perspective of what God wanted to say to me. And I'm drawing from that to be able to help others because it helped me. Sometimes you got to keep it simple. Yeah. If it helped you, then it can help somebody else. 
So me coming to you right now and recording this podcast is me going back to the source to help somebody else now. A whole bunch of somebody else's. But one of the things, and this might be over a bunch of different podcasts, but just one of the first things is how do we, can we inspire people to live when they're hopeless? It's almost like you're, what you're saying is oxymoron. You can't be hopeless and even desire to live. There is no desire. When you're hopeless, there's no desire to live. There's none. Um, no, that's 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 true. I think so, what I'm saying is how do how do we incite a person who's hopeless to live? Can they, it, it, number they, one, I first, guess. First, they actually have, have to, what we deem as hopeless, what we deem as, as a person being hopeless. Yes. Um, depends on what you're basing that on. If their circumstances and their situations are bad, uh-huh. and the way that they look towards those situations is without hope, it's, to me, is if they mm-hmm. are within your scope or my scope of living, if they are the people that God have put in within our reach, then it's a God hopelessness. It's not a man hopelessness. Mm-hmm. They're right where they're supposed to be. Until a person loses, first of all, if they're not connected with God in that way, then they're supposed to be hopeless. But it takes with some people, it takes a long period of time of being exposed to the things of God, to the word of God, to people who have faith in God. It takes a long time before they actually give up hope in this world. Uh, I see. <laughs> that's that's why you're here. I see what you're saying. Let's take a moment just to pull back the scope on that. There is different types of hopelessness. Yes. People are feeling hopeless because they've lost hope in what they had hope in. Yes. They are not hopeless because they've lost hope in God. There you go. They never had hope in God. This is why I'm talking to you. Yeah. This this is it right here. Where do we fit in with with that? Let's just go there and say the person is losing hope in this world, in themselves, in their loved ones, in their money. It's a good it's a good place. Where do we fit in in that place? First of all, we pray because now that they're losing hope in the things that they can see, touch, hear and feel. Amen. It gives opportunity for God to move in miraculous ways. And he does do that because he waits. He waits for that period of time. He waits for that last drop of, Mm. of, of hope. Yeah. To to just drain out. And then he utilizes as little as possible of this human flesh. Yeah. And that sounds so mean though. It's God. It, It sounds so mean. No, it's not me. It's, I'm talking about from the perspective that they feel. 
it's because I, I shouldn't feel this because yeah. because ultimately, like you were saying, we got to establish what's hopelessness. Yeah, I love that because there are times where I came to you hopeless. And I thought that the energy that you had towards my hopelessness was insensitive. Right. Because while I said I wanted your help, I really just wanted you to understand what I feel. Yeah. And why? And and when we respond to people based on what they feel, they feel we actually there is no spiritual value to it. Yeah. Because God is not asking us as people of God who have been, who have not only been in the place of hopelessness, but now we are given the awesome responsibility to be able to be utilized in someone else's life that they might see him. Yeah. But not us because see, if they start comparing um, one level of humanity to, to another, another level of humanity. It leads them back to where they already are at because there the reason go. that they're hopeless is because they see this thing as supposed as being supposed to work a certain way. And and the excitement that I feel is that um not excitement. <laughs> I, I do feel I do feel excitement yeah. because I recognize that a lot of people are in a place. A lot of people are in a place. That stage. Yes, right now. Right now. And it's God's faithfulness to his word, to yeah. his purpose. The reason why the, the the reason why they were born. Yeah. He allowed he allowed so so much time to go by, but he's the one that says right now. Yeah. And it just gives me such peace. And I don't know, such peace in it. And it's that I'll wake up in whatever small part yeah. that he tells me to play. It just seems so insignificant. Yeah. But I've learned just to be obedient yeah. to that small, insignificant thing. He said, because they'll hear my voice and not yours. Yeah. You know what? You know what talking to you is like? Because <laughs> I didn't even do a Mother's Day podcast, <laughs> but I appreciate you so much for the reason this reason I consider myself a very intelligent person I consider myself a very observant person but talking to you is like going around a new city by yourself I can appreciate everything I see but then you go with a tour guide and then all of a sudden the things that you just appreciated aesthetically he gives you History. He gives you context. He gives you clarity. Hey, I know these trees look nice, but did you know that these trees are the original trees that were planted from the 1600s? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like yes. now, I don't just appreciate the tree aesthetically. I appreciate it for its substance because I had someone who understands the greater context to point these things out to me. And the reason that's important and I'm blessed for that is because a lot of people will feel like they don't need anybody because they can see the tree. Right. Right. I can see the tree myself and I can appreciate the tree for what it does for me. Right. 
But then you come with somebody who can show you how much more this tree has for you. Yep. Tree got more. That's why I appreciate you. And that's why I have very little appreciation for the church. Well, and when I say church, I'm talking about the building, the structure, the structure, the organization, the organization, the structure. I'm not talking about the word of God, God or the body of believers that he has assigned to my life. It's, it's, um, you know, and, and for me, I, it, it, I've never, I never was, and I never understood why I never was really connected to the structure. Yeah. Until these recent 20 years. Yeah. I, I honestly, it I agree. So difficult. I agree with that. You know what I feel grafted us to the structure? Is position. Well. A duty. Um, a task. I, responsibility. I think that um, just like, just like it was a time, I think that it, there, there was a time for it. Where it, it, it gave us something. It it gave us the ability to hear God mm. in the midst of. See, when I had such freedom, that every day I woke up and I recognized that I was the sanctuary. In that day, the people that would I would encounter, they were the congregation. <laughs> I. I I became just infused with that. I loved it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the spontaneity of of God just moving when he wanted to move yeah. through me and waking me up in the middle of the night and saying sit up, sit right here. Yeah. And him just showing me stuff, you know. Let me just look out the window. Let me show you this. Or and that just seemed to me so awesome. Why can't I just live there? Why can't I just live there, God? And as he he deliberately led me to a structured place. And it's never been a year that I didn't ask him, is enough enough? Yeah. And, and we're going to do another podcast about that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But that's a good that's a good tease. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a good tease. Yeah, it is. It's a it good is. tease. But we're gonna we're gonna revisit that because I think that one is Yeah, that it, one that's on that's right now. That's that, a right that's now. That's a right now. And that's we already right do it now. right now. We just gotta we're gonna we can come back to it. But th- that that part of me understanding why I'm dealing with why I dealt with because I have in order to deal with people I've been going back lately and just thinking about myself and part of my disillusionment with the the church as far as how helping me you know what I'm saying I've always felt fulfilled with helping there but looking for help part of the disillusionment was because I was selfish I, and, and when it's hard for me, and that's why I'm glad I came and talked to you, is because it's hard for me to listen to people now and not hear hopelessness. I hear selfishness. And it, 
it, it, it comes think, off because, think, but it, you, you're explain, you explained it perfectly. The reason why you don't hear hopelessness is because it's a good hopelessness. Yeah. You re, what you're hearing them trying to do is literally what Jesus said. He said, if you try to save yourself, you lose yourself. And if you try to lose yourself, you'll find yourself. Yeah. But the, that, this is no different than that guy who threw a 10 year old boy in the water and told me, relax. Yeah. And he said, this is how you're going to teach me to swim. He said, you ain't sinking as long or, as you relax. Or when you look at the scripture and you see that Peter came back from his boating trip hopeless. He was hopeless. He knew there were no fish there. In in the in the eyes view of Jesus, mm-hmm. in the relationship with Christ, he knew that there was no fish. Why? Because he fished all night, and he used all of his own capabilities. He did what he was accustomed to doing. He utilized all his fleshly wit, yeah, and and all his expertise, and he came up empty-handed. So when Jesus said. Launch your launch your net out into the deep. He said, "Go out." It took all of that time, not just. I love the way you said that. It didn't just take the fact that he yielded nothing. He had to keep yielding nothing for a while before yeah. it, before it dawned on him. He was in a devastated. He was in a hopeless situation. Yeah. He was taking home no fish. Yes. He was spending all this time away from his wife, away from his responsibilities. He was coming home. Empty enough where time, oh, time was of time the essence. again, and he felt the pressure. Yes, of of not only the fact that there are no fish, but then but I'm he responsible. Felt his own yeah. inadequacy. Yes, I am responsible for the fact that I'm not coming home with fish. And then he felt a sort of way towards Jesus when Jesus said, "Go back out." Yeah, he said, "Throw your net to the to the, to right. the other side." To the other side, to the right side. He said, throw your net. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do it without, he did it with hesitation. And he let it be known, I fished all night. Yeah. But just because you say so. And that's the thing too. There's so much in that interaction. I'm so appreciative that you brought it up. There's so much in that interaction that sounds like our interactions with people. Amen. Because their immediate response. I didn't already tried that. To instruction. Yes. Let's number one establish Jesus didn't give him advice. You don't you don't give a man that's knowledgeable. Tell him what to do. Yes. You don't give a man that's knowledgeable. It's a subject matter expert. You do not give him advice. Mm-mm. I do not give a fisherman advice on how to fish. Mm-mm. If I come to you and I tell you something, you you must take pause for a second and say, this person is telling me. To do something. Now I need to assess who he is. And that's what people do. And they immediately assess. He assessed who Jesus was and said, if you want to tell me about how to get to the kingdom of God. I'm with it. And he's not only this is what's happened to our hopeless community. Yes. Yes. Our hopeless. Let's say our hopeless Community. Yeah, that's our hopeless community. Yes. This is what's happening because they've already practiced 
what they feel works. works. And it has yielded them some fruit. At a time. At a time. It was a timely fruit. And then the time expired. Yeah. God no longer allowed them. He's so good. Yes. Mm, He's so good because he no longer allowed the fruit to come the same way. Here's the thing. A little pause to that because this is so, this chock full of stuff right here. He, we will look at that and say, God touched this. But we'll be wrong in the sense of thinking God touched it because we did something wrong. No, he touched it because what you were doing was never right. It was it was never right. But you have free will. Anytime I touch your thing, I'm never touching your will. Peter could have said no still. But Jesus wouldn't have fought him on it. Yeah. But the the issue is, is that there's something that happened to Peter that was uh that that secured the place that he was gonna be mm-hmm. in that hopeless position when he told Peter, he said, Come follow me. He allowed Peter by his own will yes. to say, I'm gonna follow you. Yeah, to introduce himself to a world where yes. where his free will will be challenged. Yes, and he's like, Amen. I'm gonna follow you. So God Jesus didn't He's not a terrorist. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> just just say, "Okay, okay, now now I'm just going to disrupt your whole world." Yeah, but he explained to him. Yeah, he said, "Come with me, because I'm going to make you fishers of men." Yeah, he said, "You're about to go through something that is going to make you. Yeah, it's going to redefine your purpose in this world." Oh my. I thought it was going to take us longer to get to this point. It's early, but I think that's fine. Part of my hopelessness wasn't just that what I was doing wasn't yielding anymore. It's that what I was doing wasn't what I should be doing anymore. I'm not just doing it the wrong way. (laughs) I ain't supposed to be doing it at all. My purpose changed. You get people come to Christ and we want to do what we're doing. Just do it right. And and don't recognize again. He changing your whole again. There's so much. There's so much in it because um, what just came to me is when they passed by the tree Mm -hmm. and Jesus noticed it was no fruit fruit on the tree and he cursed it. Yeah, because it was out of season. Yeah. It was out of timing. This There's is, a time for it to be barren. Yes. There is there is a God-given barrenness. Yeah. There is a God and nobody wants this. Nobody wants it. Nobody wants you know, everybody wants to to glitter with fruit. They want to be Full all the time. They want to be in season all the time. They want to be ripe all the time. That's not what that's not what uh, ministry is. Yeah, that is not what God have ordained for us. The only one that is like that is God Himself. We are not like that. Yeah, we're in this world, and God utilizes through Jesus Christ. He utilizes 
all of these things yeah. to make us purposeful. But it but it it yields a disappointment. Oh yeah. It doesn't it I'm not hopeless. I, I gotta keep saying it because I already know what I'm entitled this one. I'm gonna call it We Found Love in a Hopeless Place. Because what happens is is that I'm realizing I'm coming to terms for the first time that I have a utility in this world that is not for me. Yep. And guess what? The utility that you have right now may not be the same utility you have next year. It's not. And and that, that's also, yes. And Let's I talk about that's that. That's the that, hardship. That's that instability. Hardship. Yeah, that's the hardship. Yeah. That's why it's so difficult um, to introduce people to roles in an organization yeah. where they get stuck. Mm-hmm. And they, ha- they feel a commitment because God's all weaved in there some way. Yeah. But but it, 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 it turns nasty. Yeah. Because at first, this, this is something that's in relationships, too. We can speak to that. The part of the part that gives us stability is repetition. Yes. Repetition or routine gives me a sense that I'm secure. And repetition without the igniting of the Holy Spirit also gives you a spirit of hopelessness. Uh, yeah, it changes. It, it changes. turns. It turns. That, that's the because, way I was going to get to. Because in the beginning... It feels safe. Be, and, and, and then and, all of a sudden and, that safety turns into complacency. And it, it, there's a difference. You know, there's a difference. When, when you are not... It, it, it's not the organization. You know... This is what God has been speaking to me. It's not the organization. He said it's how you engage with the organization that is a problem. He said, and it has become a problem in the body. But that's that's why we're going, it has to be its own thing. Because that is going to give people, I think it's going to be helpful to give people marching orders in that regard. But but like you were saying about how this this thing of us feeling these things, but then all of a sudden God comes and says, no, you are minds, number one, and you're going to do things my way and for me. Yep. That. Even now, I can feel the flutter that, that used to give me. To sit and talk to you and I couldn't articulate it. I would just respond to you in anger. That's the other thing. As humans, like we're we're never really honest about how we feel. Yeah. I'm never looking you in the eye and I'm never saying, my the thought of being a Christian scares me. Yeah. And I've literally have gotten to this point with people. And they're like, no, I'm not scared. Of of God, I'm not scared of God. I'm like, but you are. But they feel. I love they, him. They they feel that every place that they feel closest to God, usually. Yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna say usually. 
Every you don't even have to say usually because you're about to hit the nail right on the head. It's usually a very comfortable place. Yes. And we find God in a comfortable and place and we want him to stay there. And consistency becomes what we we evaluate God. The routine gives me a peace of mind. Hey, and that's why. All I got to do is go to this place and at this address. Come. He's going to show up. Not only is he going to show up. I feel an assurity about where I'm going in the afterlife based on just committing myself to this routine. And and I can I can use myself in this because I remember so clearly, you know, um, (laughs) I remember so clearly that my um, my um, life was always transitioning with God. And he, he used to allow mm-hmm. and permit me to do what I had read in the scripture, mm-hmm. you know, to put out a fleece or yeah. to ask God, you know, you got to you got to give me some help here because I I acknowledge that I know what you're asking of me. But I need for you to do something. Yeah. Because I can't, I'm not going to move. And there was a small period of my life where God would answer, whether it be a random phone call from somebody. And they didn't even know what they, it's like, uh, it's like God, I have been presented with taking someone in. Mm -hmm. And this was an awesome responsibility because taking that person in, I was, they were just a young child and I was going to become the responsible adult in their life on top of the seven you had on top of the seven I had and um, the structure as it be, the person came and said, you know, um, this is, this is what you need to do. And I didn't, I said, Oh, I, I, I need to hear from God. Yeah. That's what I need to do. I need to hear from God. Because the first thing my mind went to was not the coming that was the problem. It was whenever the person was going. What that would be the problem. Because in my heart, I knew that I had the capacity because of God. I had the capacity to love and to leave. I had the capacity to love and then lose. But I was thinking for a whole household. Yeah. And I didn't know how that was going to look. And so I I got before God. And I, I was had the courage to say, no, this is not something that I can say yes to. Yeah. I'm going to pray about it. And I got before God. I prayed. And I didn't spend like seven, eight days praying. Because I just asked God, you're going to have to show me and tell me. You're going to have to tell me. And I didn't tell anybody close to, to, because that's not even how we we lived, okay? We didn't have those things anymore. It was like a direct line, (laughs) direct line to God. And um, that evening, it was a a, um, revival going on. And and really, revivals for me were, if I felt led to go, I'd go. If I didn't feel led to go, I wouldn't go. And I said, God, um, I I told everybody concerned I need to go. 
And I went. And this person came from North Carolina. They didn't know me from anything. Mm -hmm. And he began to preach. And then he stood right in front of me. And he said, if you have within your ability to do good and you shut up your bowels of compassion. And he himself didn't even know Mm -hmm. why he was saying this to me. Yeah. But he didn't even get the whole scripture out. And I was like, yes, Lord. I went home. Call, said, whatever I need to do, whatever I need to sign, whatever I need to do, I'm ready. Because, and I, and I enjoyed that. How when I presented God with, I don't know, you got to tell me. That he would use whatever to show me. And, and and it would come from his word. And and let's establish something here. What you were given was not a sign. No, it wasn't a sign. What you were given was the was direction the word. from the word of God. You were given was, the word. And it the word became pres- life. Yes. The word is presented in different forms. Yes. And sometimes when the, when we it's not that we don't hear God. Sometimes we can't trust the ears we're hearing it from. Wow. And you got to have somebody else because I can be so steeped in emotion. You know what I'm saying? It's like yes. they, you got to make sure with, with these cups that you buy, you got to make sure that they are non-porous. Yes. Because whatever you pour into it, you will taste that three cups or whatever later. And we can even, you know, because when he spoke the scripture, yeah, I went home and I read the scripture and then I was like, I understand because the very thing, the very thing that I was concerned about. Because it was the, the scripture was already in your heart. Yes. It's just that you met. It was met with other emotions and yes. other circumstances yes. that colored it. Yes. When someone speaks to that. Yes. It speaks directly to the thing that was already there. there. Oh, it's yeah. Called, that's called confirmation, yes, guys. Yes. When we're looking for signs, you got to be dangerous. Like, you got to yeah. be careful. Yeah. That's dangerous because people are looking for signs, you know, indicators. Wasn't, I wasn't looking for a sign. You was, was looking, looking for, for the for word. The, the word. You're looking for the word and of that's God. That's why I presented myself at a place where I knew yes. there would be someone preaching or teaching the word yeah. that God could speak yeah. through them. Yes. And give me the word. And he didn't tell you what to do. No, he didn't tell this me. This is the other thing. We <laughs> got to take a pause. No, it was not a prefer- I'm doing. I'm doing it- a lot of talking with people who are looking for me, looking for anybody, really. I don't want to make it like it's, it's like they're looking for me. It, by the time people come to me, I'm very clear on the scale of desperation that they're on. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, that's because, um, again, this is the this 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 dispensation of time prophetic. The hopeless community. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the pro- prophetic. Yeah. Um, uh, people have a lot of people yeah. have learned to make their living through through the given the, given the demise directions instead of directives and at the demise of. Of the people, of the people in the community that are going through a barren time, and, and it, it is so much of it is spiritually bankrupt. Even the fact that they charge, yeah, they're charging for it. Yes, and it's dangerous. It, I, it's the reason why I'm constantly at war with 
in myself. And I constantly need to hear the word to confirm what is kind of soiled within my understanding about even doing a podcast. Because you, I turn around and everybody got a podcast. I turn around, everybody got a blog. Everybody got this. I don't even like the, did I appear to look like I'm in that group? But again, um, everybody is, is, it was, ton, there were tons of people that were around the water. And there was the one man that kept saying, when I try to get into troubled water, there are other people that are pushing me, that are pushing me aside, and nobody will help me. And so I recognize yeah. that, that there is there. This is the time. Circumstantial disobedience. Yes, yes. I, I find that a lot in conversation. Yeah, people will say I am disobeying, and I do know it's wrong. Yeah, but here is the extenuating circumstances yeah. that warrant me. To walk in this way. And I should I should have these feelings. Yes. I should. And, you know, having, and, and I'm in no way an expert, but one thing I have confidence in is that my, if I tune in, if I live in the flesh, then I'm going to sow to my flesh. Absolutely. And that's, you just said the scripture that's helping me. That's literally what I was saying when you went to that revival and you heard that man. Yeah. He was able to sow life because he wasn't thinking about your situation. So he, he there was no flesh involved. Because if I would have went to any person. And told them the situation. And told them the situation, they would have said, God wouldn't put no more on you exactly. than you can bear. They would literally take God's word. And they say, I deem, I deem that you are at full capacity right yes. now. And there is no way that you can do any more than what you already are doing. Yes. So let's take a, a pro tip moment for those of you, which is all of you. All of you are responsible for people. All of yeah. you are responsible for minister. So we're giving you a little pro tip here. The less you know about them, the more God can use you. Amen. The less you know. And, and and what I can say is that life, the way that life is now, has made it very hard. Because if we spend time on social media, if you spend time in all the ways connecting yes. with people that they deem is is part of this this world. they will, You will learn, you will get an education in them. Yes, and, and it make you in, ineffective. It makes and, you ineffective because God can't it, call when God's digging in the box yes. to find somebody to use in that person's he life. He can't use you. He can't use you. He puts you down in the unusable part. You're contaminated. You're contaminated because you know too much. Yes, and you're going to. And it's the same way, you know. And the reason I say that is, it's always been since my family is large, since my children. There's a whole bunch of them, and yes. then who they connected themselves to, and then they come with a whole family it's a network. And in order to be able to be utilized in their lives, yes, there's always been a certain posture that I have to have. I'm my just I'm just learning that that while distance from people will make them feel like you are not a fellow in the fellowship. Yes. It puts you in a prime position for discipleship. Yes. Oh yes. my goodness. And the hardship hardship is um 
but you know, and I'm so thankful. I have to I have to say yes. that I see breakthroughs. Yes. You know, because, because you've you've positioned yourself. Oh yeah, I position myself. And I don't I don't pay attention. Yeah. Even when even when the voices get louder and louder. Yeah. Just for this a second, in the context of marriage, how what we're saying applies to that. How should a woman position herself for the betterment of her marriage, not so much for the betterment of her relationship with her husband? There, first of all, and and I have to say that I'm not, I'm I'm not. Um, Please don't say you're not a relationship expert. No, 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 no. Oh, what are you about to say? No, no. I was getting ready to say that um, the whole observation of that situation yes that first of all they don't even know what a wife is so it's very we need to go back to find out what did god say right but but here's his wife thing. is they don't even know what your their purpose is they, they, so but they, they don't connected. they've never been tasked to what happens is i even entered into the role of wife because of what it would yield me right Right. So there is no responsibility being assessed right. in the risk assessment is how much I'm going to lose and how much I'm going to gain. It's never how much am I going to be tasked to do. So so we can if we even take the wife out of there, let's just take the roles, just just the roles, just the roles, spouses. So, so let's just say not we not, uh, gonna not even marriage. We're going to deal with just a child. OK, just a child. Yeah, yeah. Just a child, and how that child can grow in the shadow of who God is, yeah, and become pleasing to God mm-hmm. by fulfilling the role. Yeah, what is the role? He said, "Children, obey your parents. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. For this is right." He said, "Honor your mother and father." That your days may be long upon yeah. earth. That's and, the totality. And here, here's the thing. Right is always unspokenly synonymous with feels right. Yep. Yep. Everybody likes certain scriptures because they sound right until they do them and they, they don't, don't feel, feel right. They don't feel right. It doesn't feel right. When you look at a child and you say to them, obey your parents, that's the total of what you have to do. right? Yes. Now. You don't have to do anything else. Yes. You don't have to assess whether or not, you know, if I obey them and listen to them. Yeah. You don't have to assess. But we do. But yeah. We, we'd be that's like, what, what most, if what if I don't? What's the worst that can most, happen? Most children, because we fail to to really dwell in as as as. Um, people that um, have parent or parenting position, we f- we felt we give them too much. Yeah, your job is just to obey. There's there's cert- there, there is this is all that God wants from you. Yeah, let Him take care of the parents. Yeah, let them take care of their growth. Let them take care of their position. You as a child, and I would always tell my my children. I said, God hears your prayer. Yeah. You want to know why? Because if your job is just to obey. Yeah. And I'm leading you in a place 
That ain't right. It's on me. It's all you got to do. It's just obey. Obey. Uh, nobody. No. This is the thing, though. Nobody likes that. No. Even as a kid. No. One of the things that you had to say to us more than clean is mind your business. Yes. Everybody, I, as soon as my kids could, I can't talk for everybody's <laughs> kids, but as soon as my kids could talk. We was in the business. We, oh, so in the business. We in church too much. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't, if you didn't take us to church, we would get better grades. Yeah. If you didn't do this, <laughs> and then, and then to not only I see you beating me, but honestly, that's not going to get the best out of me. Oh, I've been told that. Look, I know, <laughs> but it, but it's crazy how we we are saying that as if like we are subject matter experts. Yes, on raising people, we just got to earth. And all we, we less than a decade in, and we like, you know, I kind of been thinking about this whole beating thing. This ain't working because I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. That's not true. There's a threshold yeah. for punishment where you say enough is enough. I need to get myself together. Yes. No parent knows that threshold for each and, child. And a lot of parents, if they're honest, yeah, they don't want the hassle. Of finding the threshold. Of finding the threshold. And they don't want to, they don't like the hassle. Yes. Uh, or the emotional entanglement. It don't feel, feel good. They don't want to be able, they want to be able to just, that's okay. Let me just, you, you were bad, but let me just give you, give you everything that you, I feel my, will help. That my was day. the big, that was the biggest hack for me as a kid is when I realized that it was as much of a hassle to discipline me. Than it was for me to be disciplined. Yes. Yeah. And I began to play against it. Yeah. Whether I'm not even talking about just parents. Yeah. When I was in school. Yeah. It was more hassle for her to stop the class, have to send me to the office, explain why she sent me. And you me. were hoping in this hassle somewhere. It, she going to get tired. She, she going to get tired. But Praying it, that mommy get tired. Yeah. Mommy kept proving to me that she don't get tired that easily. I, because it's my job description. If If we... Live in our roles and and realize our purpose is only fulfilled in the role. We can't get tired. We can't get tired. Because how do a cup get tired of being a cup? When he see other cups that are doing something other than well, what they doing. You might have a good fluid coming out of you. Somebody's, or, or somebody you use it for some reason. Yeah, you I, might be in the castle. I don't even get used. I just get to sit here in this nice building. And, and, and you, you in the so cabinet of an apartment building. Yes, and, and roaches in there. Yes, and, and people pouring liquor in you, and, and look, I get nothing they, but you the finest chip on you. Yeah, and all of this stuff. This is how. This is how people look at the fact that I've been called to this purpose. So when you look at the role of a wife or a husband, yeah. they've been called and they have submitted their will to a purpose. You, because here's the thing, Ma. Again, God did not force them he to do it. He didn't force them. This brings us back to the hopelessness. Choice. Yes. This brings us back to hopelessness. You know what it's like? I was in the mall one time and I was trying to find a certain store. And I walked around and I couldn't find it. And I finally relented and said, let me go to this little mall map. You know, they got them in every mall. Yes. I was looking for where I was, but not just where I was. But where I was in relation to where I needed to be. And when I seen that it was on the fourth floor that I just came from and I'm back on the first floor, 
I got tired and I said, I'm not getting that today. Yeah, you counted it a loss. I counted it a loss. Because yeah, you counted up the cost. I counted you up said, the cost. You said, oh, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take me a lot of energy. To and I already been there. So I'm not doing it again. This is what people say when they say they already tried God. Yeah. This is what they say when they say I gave my whole life to this marriage. Yeah. This is what they mean when they say I've been in church for 20 years and nothing changed in my life. Because you ain't changed. And they begin to assess by looking around. In relation. Yes. But that's the thing. Instead of me looking at that map to see where I want it to be as a store, they're looking at that map in relation to where others are. Yeah. And I've I've learned to always, the, the thing that helps me. Yeah. And I still grow. I grow every day as a wife. I grow every day as a wife, understanding my role. Yeah, yeah. My role. What is what is my purpose? Yeah. Because when I want, in order for him, me to hear him say, "Well done." Yeah, yeah. He what he's saying is, "Well done, living within your purpose." Yeah, he, that's, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. My, it, this is the reason why, and this is a weird digression, but the reason why I think that kids are in trouble when it relates to school right now mm-hmm. It's because the grades uh, are give a sense of accomplishment, but what they should accomplish and what they need to accomplish to get that from you are two different things. Yes. And it's nasty. So then they're going to go to out to a world that grades on the a different standards. scale. The standards are different. And, and this is where, this is in turn where the church absolutely has deviated because the pastors or the the structures. Let's just say the structure. Well, the structure is grading on a different scale than God because because I, I have right? to be top of the scale. Okay, instead of the word of God being top of the scale, I got to be the top. Because of the if scale. I, it, but so that's if, what they do. If I don't meet the, if I don't meet what the words say, I just move the point. I, I grade on a curve. There you go. So every every church is grading on a curve. It's yes. different. Like people go to one church and be like, oh, I get the word here. But even then, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even then, it's like say your child is in charter school. So you're like, this is better than public school. But there's somebody in a private school that's like, baby, ain't nothing like private. And then somebody who's in a private school in a different area. Who's like, yeah, your private schools in that area are fine, but they're filled with these type of kids based on this type of thing. I know this is why Jesus was sent. Yes. To do away with the same system. He was trying to unify something that is changed based on comfortability. And in fact, this is why the Holy Spirit has been given to us. It's the answer key. It's the answer. So it doesn't matter how what curriculum you're learning from. It don't doesn't matter. Doesn't even matter because you gotta take a test. It, you know what it's like? It's like standardized tests. People hate it. Yeah. It's across the board. The SAT is the same across the board. You know why people hate it? It's because I feel like this test was prepared for those type of kids. But it wasn't prepared for me. But it wasn't prepared for me. And when you look at So when we describe heaven and what it takes to get there. Even when we say, Lord, Lord, 
Many will say, Lord, Lord, and they'll do all the things y'all breaking your necks to do. And he said, they'll still say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. Some people will say, eh, that sounds a little harsh. You are outside of your purpose. See, this is, this is the peace of God. This is the peace of God, but this is also the urgency of my spirit. Yes. That, no, we're not like the children of, of Israel where we, uh, they, they had a fire by, by night in a, a, in a cloud during the day. That was the establishment. That, yes. We're not like them. Because we are already established. We are established. It's time to get to have, work. We we li- when this- we read that, Ma, we're reading orientation. Yes. And, and this is the harsh part is that the, that the church now wants that fire by night. And manna from the sky. Yes. They want it. Yes. And and I, when I say the church in this instance, I'm talking about the body, the body, the, the people It's the it, people. It's funny because I now I realize people's fascination with the Old Testament. Yeah, there is. And, and I used to rebel against it because I, of how people interpreted it. But there's so much to suss from the Old Testament in order for you to serve God. You must understand his character. Yes. And you cannot serve. There's people. I literally said it to Antoinette. Shout out to Antoinette, her and her husband. And I said, the, the problem with accepting a gift from somebody that you can clearly see there was no thought given to it is that you almost establish a character that is not true. So if I accept this gift, even though I know it is not reflective of who I am, then you going to think you did a good job. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I graded on a curve. Yep. But that's not how God is. That's not how God is. He will never accept. Ask, ask Cain. And, he and, will never accept. And he will not accept the fact that, that um, we are going back to the Old Testament. Yeah. And allowing our, our the, the priest to be in the place, uh, back in the place of the sanctuary. Yeah. We're, do, we're taking our lead and guide from prof- People who who are prophets, deemed prophets, and all of this. Not even functioning like a prophet. Prophets, Jesus said he's the last prophet. Yes. And, so, they, and every prophet came with an answer key. They had an answer key, but also. And it came to, to they read out what you were, your responses were and said, he said, for, for you stiff necked people, he said, this is what you thought you was doing. This is wrong. This is stiff neck to me. Yes. This is not love. Keep that. This is not tithing. They, Keep that. They were actually operating in the the role of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, bringing conviction to the people, giving them a timeline, and which, the, which the, happens. But my, the last prophet left and said, "I'm leaving you a comforter." Yes. Yep. That's it. He the said, last prophet he said, left. He said, "After this, there'll be no more. There'll be no more. There's no more prophets after this." Now, when I, you know, because of being obedient um, to do and to to do things in the time period that God tells me to do them. A lot of people say, "Oh, you're a prophet." That's not that's that's not what I am, and it's I never I never accepted. And I made it clear I never accepted that title because I recognize through the Spirit of God that that. Is a title that is no more. But the, the other part of this nasty about titles, and we kind of are segueing into the church. I'm not going to fight it anymore. But the the nasty thing about titles is 
that exclusivity is what yeah. people want. They hide behind the exclusivity. Yes, yes, yes. There are people who hide behind being titled that way because it makes them feel superior. And, and then there's people who hide behind you being titled that way because it absolves them of responsibility. And, and and God is saying, well, I can speak for the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Yes. That it's no more that he, he's not tolerating any more of that from me. He said, you're to encourage, to uplift the body, to let them know that they are ministers, that they are disciplers, that they're, they've sat long enough yeah, and yeah. they've served man to the capacity that they can, that they can. The now is time to serve the living God. Yeah. He wants to use his people according to his purpose. But that that's part of that hopelessness yeah. as it relates to church, which yeah. is what we're segueing into. There's a hopelessness to church as if church failed and bringing it full circle to what your definition of hopelessness. The reason we find the church is hopeless is because you are asking the church to do a job it was not intended to it do. It wasn't intended to do. I mean, and... And, and it, that is unfair. That's unfair. It's unfair because it wasn't intent... It wasn't intended to lead families. <laughs> it wasn't intended... It was intended to equip men to lead families. Yes. He was, actually said, go find me elders who know how to lead families. Families. That's it. And it... It was, People think that if I know how to lead a church, I'll lead my family. If I learn God, I'll lead family. I was talking to somebody and they said, if I had yours, they, yours, your expertise, they were talking about you. If I had your expertise, my situation would be better. And I said, but she didn't have your expertise when she was your age. You know what she had? Faith. And the, the, literally. I want people to understand and this. And I was hopeless. You was you was hopeless. I was hopeless. In everything around you, you lost hope. Uh, I lost hope in everything in this world. And found love in a hopeless place. And if and if if I could if I could give anything to anybody, yeah, yeah, is as long as you are being so resilient and so impassioned um, that you're able to pull it together. realize it's only temporary and it's all going to fall apart because God's committed to allowing his purpose to be fulfilled in you, not through people, not through activities, you know, people, you know, even like you said, you said, okay, I don't like even being equated with podcasts and all of that because it's, but they have, they have a benefit. I know. And and this is the same way. Even um what do you call them? Um devotionals. They have they have a use. Why? Because it's it's a use of assisting the person to allow the purpose of God to be birthed in right. them. And that's what I fight all the time, I and I'm glad you brought that up because it's the reason that w- the the effective people are ineffective. Yes. Is because we see other people using the tools that are afforded us in a nasty way. And we say, I don't even want to look like them. 
But in in order for you to do your job, you got to use the same tools. You you, you got to use the tools that God put before he you. He put before you. And and first of all, I can honestly say that usually the people that have been purposed by God are forerunners. And they they're doing it and what what happens is yeah, in anything, anytime. It's going to be people that want to fleece the flock. Yeah, imitating the fleece the flock. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the way life is. Yeah. But don't, we don't, we can't um, get so messed up or, or tied up in the fact of the authenticity of these people. Yeah. Only thing we can do is it's maintain. Remain authentic. Ma- maintain yourself as authenticity. being authentic. Yeah. And just stand still. And I'm, I'm, I, I, this is helpful. And I want to make sure I bookmark this to make sure it's clear to people that this is something that I struggle with is focusing on authenticity in myself instead of exposing authenticity in others. Yes. Yes. That's all we're here for. That's all we're here for is to remain authentic. That's it. And sometimes we just get so frustrated, so frustrated with the, even when it, that's why I, um, yes, I and I'm not I, I'm not at liberty, but I do know that there is a move right now of God. There's a move of God. And I got to move with him. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually know where it's going. I don't actually know. I, I don't have. A, I just know what it feels like. Yeah. I just know what it is. Yeah. And I don't buck against God. Right. It doesn't feel good. No. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't take any confidence or delight in it. But I do recognize that it's time. Yeah. God calls. He said there's a time for all things. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he allow us to stay in a bad place. This is this. He said when the appointment time is over, it's over. Yeah. He said there's a time for spring, there's a time for fall, there's a time for everything. God does everything in his own time. Yeah. He's not asking us. And so this is where we have to he gave us the earnest of his spirit. Yeah. And all the Holy Spirit is is what time is. Yeah. That's what he asked. He's, and then he shines the light and he said, Come on now, yeah. you know what time it is. Start right there, my. This was a good podcast. I, I hope it's it shared shed some light on some things for people. This is not easy to do. To put ourselves in a position to have to really challenge ourselves and how we deal with people, yes. how we go about impacting them. But I was getting grieved, and God was like, "No, just look back." He said, follow the breadcrumbs. He said, you you found the bread of life because you chased the crumbs. You're that woman. She said, I'll get to the bread. Don't you worry about that. Right now, if all I can get is crumbs, give it to me. Sometimes the crumbs leads you away from the pack. That's right. Yeah, but it's okay. Because it ain't a fight for crumbs. It's okay. It ain't a fight for crumbs. No, it's it, not. It's not a fight for Everybody crumbs. Everybody going after the bread. They're going after the bread. But the weight of the bread is the crumbs. Yes. Yes. And it's... It, it's it's a good it's a good place. Yeah. So we're gonna end this one out. Don't worry, we're gonna there's some things we touched on. That I know you guys are like, 
man, that you can't just stop there. So we're not going to stop there. So we'll see you later. <laughs>